This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Here he is. He's here every Thursday at this time because I love him. The, uh, the great Judge Andrew Napolitano. Good Thursday morning, Judge. Sid and Andrew, how are you, pal? Uh, good morning, Sid. Andrew Giuliani, good morning, my friend. Good morning, Judge Napolitano. Let's you know, get... I don't oh, again, I'm sorry, jump in. I don't think you and I have met in person, but of course I'm a fan, and of course your father and I have been buddies and collaborators for a long time. A great human being. Give him my regard. Uh, I absolutely will, and I know how much he uh, looks up to you and, and uh, loves your relationship, so... Thank you. Thank you. Sid, how are you, pal? I'm doing great, buddy, and there's a lot to discuss, but I want to get right to these uh, hearings yesterday. Obviously, the FBI, Twitter, all of that uh, nonsense that continues to pervade our topics. The big tech Twitter hearings yesterday. What did Judge Napolitano take away from that? So Twitter is a private uh, platform, just like uh, the New York Post. Fox News, the New York Times, and ordinarily they can post or not post whoever or whatever they want because the First Amendment only regulates the government. But when Twitter does the government's bidding, when Twitter does as a favor to the government what the government can't do, then they have created what the law calls a symbiotic relationship between the private entity, Twitter, and the government, the FBI, the DHS, the, the Center for Disease Control, whoever it was that asked Twitter to suppress these voices that the government didn't want to hear. And in every case, the voices that were suppressed were those who challenged vaccines uh, or challenged Joe Biden or exposed Hunter Biden. Whatever voices they suppressed in order to help Joe win and defeat Donald Trump then the courts can impose the First Amendment restraints that the government has on Twitter. So the government can't use Twitter to do indirectly what the Constitution prohibits it from doing directly without harming Twitter. The irony here is the Twitter we have today is not the same Twitter that did this. The Twitter today is the Elon Musk Twitter, which for the most part, is very pro-free speech. It's the Jack Dorsey left-wing Twitter that did all this stuff <clears throat> to suppress Trump, uh, to suppress those who agreed with Trump, and to help Joe Biden. So the remedy is the free market. Somebody should come along and establish another uh, Twitter. Um, that, but, but that old Twitter is gone. The new Twitter is different. Um, It's a a very bad situation. We now know that the American government, the government under Donald Trump had rogue elements in it that were using Twitter to harm their boss. That's what we look at today. Judge, outside, I mean, outside of that, as I mean, in light of that, I should say, uh, isn't this in direct violation of Section 230, the protections that they have? 
Uh, I mean, it seems like they've gone beyond being publishers to actually, as you are talking about and has been highlighted before, doing the government's bidding for them. Well, they run the risk. And, and again, <clears throat> Andrew, this is the bitter irony because the, the, the Twitter that will be punished if Section 220 uh, is abolished. And Section 220 is, is, the, is the general name for a section of federal law that insulates the bulletin board from being liable for what's posted on it. So you could post some horrible message on Twitter or Facebook and you and somebody could be harmed by what you uh, posted. Twitter and Facebook can't be sued. Right. So you're suggesting that this may abrogate uh, Section 220. Section 220 is a decision that the Congress would have to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but again, in the Twitter case, it will be the new uh, free market Twitter that would be punished for what the old left wing Twitter did, which is a terrible state of affairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but. But Section 220 insulates these people from liability for getting in bed with the government. However, if they do get in bed with the government, if they do this on a regular, consistent, systematic basis, not just a one-shot deal here, a one-shot deal there, then the courts could impose the First Amendment restraints on the bulletin board. In other words, it would prevent Twitter and Facebook from suppressing speech on the basis of its content which, of course, the government can't do. Judge Napolitano is Thursday spot here on Sid and Friends in the Morning with uh, Sid and Andrew Giuliani. Good discussion there on those Twitter hearings on the Hill yesterday. Let's go back to uh, D.C. And uh, the President Joe Biden delivered his State of the Union a couple of nights ago. Now, clearly, this is a station that leans conservative, leans to the right Trump supporters. And we call him out for being a liar. I had Larry Trump on the show yesterday. She said the same thing. He's a liar. Yet, as Andrew pointed out earlier, I've got a lot of audio here from some of these liberal networks that congratulated Joe Biden on uh, on a pretty good speech. And actually went after Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert for getting ugly inside that chamber on Tuesday night. What does Judge Napolitano think? I thought Joe's speech was well delivered in, in terms of his, his manner and articulation and energy, but that's about the best I can say. I mean, this is what left wing claptrap that is bringing the country down. He is a liar when he says that he has reduced the deficit. He's added to the deficit by two trillion in just two years. No, no president, not George Bush in wartime, not Donald Trump in pandemic time has added a trillion a year uh, to to the deficit. And he's inching us into World War Three. You know, when all else fails, when the president's poll numbers are down, when the country is living on fake money created by the uh, by the Federal Reserve, when when people are unhappy with the government, they take you to war. And we are very close to war in the Ukraine. This nonsense with the balloon. The whole country is looking at a balloon last weekend while well, 300 uh, Chinese satellites are still spying on us and capturing everything that we do. This is part of Joe's gig to build up animosity towards the Chinese because he wants to fight two wars. He wants to fight a war against Russia and Ukraine, and he wants to fight a war against China and Taiwan. 
because he thinks he can be FDR and that will make him popular fighting these wars. Guess what? We can't afford to fight these two wars. And the American public has no stomach for these wars. We shouldn't be giving money to Ukraine because they're going to lose. And we shouldn't be threatening China over Taiwan. And and he said all the wrong things the other night. Listen, I know Joe. Joe and I taught together at uh, Delaware Law School back <clears throat> 35 uh, years ago. I believe, I believe you when you say that. If uh, Joe Biden was to say that, I'd have to fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> So Al's motto is 100% correct. The Joe that Al knew in the Senate, the Joe that I knew back at Delaware Law School, was a pro-life, moderate, Catholic, Hoop Jackson, JFK-style Democrat. This guy has now been tugged so far to the left, he is barely recognizable. He does not embrace the American public. He stands for a left-wing ideology, which the American public, if they knew what it was, would profoundly reject. Well, that sounds really similar to what Sarah Sanders said in the rebuttal when she said that Joe Biden has surrendered his presidency to, quote, a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. Yeah, she's correct about that. Uh, I thought she gave a a terrific, uh, terrific, Andrew, terrific speech. I don't know who watches it. You know, Joe went on for so long. She came on so late. I was asleep by the time she came on. I saw, I saw the clips the next day. Um, I was asleep dreaming of breakfast at the Murray Hill Diner. With <laughs> oh, my God, Judge, Judge. I went back to that Italian restaurant. What's it called again? Villa Barulia, it's terrific. I took my wife there. Only me and Gabe had gone. I took my beautiful wife, Danielle, there on Friday. They made such a big deal about you. Judge Napolitano comes here every week from New Jersey. And I was at the Murray Hill Diner yesterday. That's funny. So you're a huge star. Somewhere between 33rd and 34th Street on Park Avenue, Judge Napolitano may get that street named after you. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. I would have to be dead first. (laughs) Well, we don't want that to happen. Right. Let's keep going to the restaurant weekly and worry about that later. (laughs) We've got to go together. The three of us should go. Uh, Murray Hill Diner at 5 in the morning. That would be great. Villa Barulia at six at night. Now you're talking. Last one, uh, Bill O'Reilly will join me in about an hour, and he writes these great columns every week. And by the way, so do you. And I read them every week. Your guy Gary does a great job. I heard you. I heard you tell Bill that I love him and I appreciate it. And Bill gave a response like, "Hmm." Yeah, that's Bill. Right. Like, like who? Who? That I'm means sorry. he loves you, too. Yeah, yeah, O'Reilly yeah, that's, that's Bill, yeah. I'm, but I'm I glad that O'Reilly hasn't changed. <laughs> I thought the same thing, just so you know. That's funny. But you're, I really did judge. But your column this week is Freedom's Extinction. And you add a quote to it. Freedom is always just one generation away from extinction. And that was Ronald Reagan I said that when he was president. This is a great column. Tell the folks all about it. Well, I I analyze what what you and Andrew and I have been talking about. Uh, The country is living on borrowed money and borrowed time. Every dime joke Biden spends is either bonds they sold to people who want to trust their money with the federal government or fake cash that the Federal Reserve uh, has printed. Uh, The country is bitterly divided at home, and Joe's speeches make things worse. And abroad, they're threatening war. This is a recipe for disaster. This is what Reagan 
warned about. We are one generation, maybe, I hate to say this, I don't want people to lose their breakfast, one nightmare event away from extinguishing freedom. And those things will have to do with uh, with bankruptcy at home. And the feds are bankrupt and war abroad. Oh, yeah. And we live in very dangerous times. And I wrote this column to I, I came across the Reagan quote and the, the quote inspired me to write the column to warn people about how dangerous uh, these times are. Listen, I like Joe. I know him as a person. He's a wonderful human being, but he's not the same Joe that I knew uh, and loved. He's in that camp with AOC and all those uh, and Mrs. Pelosi and all those lefties. And I forgot about her ripping up Trump's speech. I heard you about a half an hour ago. Yeah. She began. You're 100 yeah. percent correct. Thank you. Andrew, you might be too young to remember this. <laughs> Mrs. Pelosi began the, de- the, the absence of decorum yep. on the floor of the House when she ripped up that speech on national television. I remember well. I was in the Capitol that night for that. And I just thought, uh, you know, it's just one of the worst things. That a sitting speaker can do. But let's just finish this off on a little lighter note. In light of your Ronald Reagan, the Gipper quote that you had, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Oh, well, listen, I'm I'm a diehard giant fan, so I hate the Eagles with a passion. I know <laughs> me both. I know that hatred listen to this. Hatred is by far the longest pleasure. Men love and hate, love that. but they detest at yep. leisure. Yep. I detest the Eagles. Me too. <laughs> but they're still going to win. I detest them too as a lifelong Giant fan, and I've been at the old Veteran Stadium in that 700 section, George, and experienced some really nasty stuff. I mean, directed at my mom, my father, but they're still the better team. I think they went on Sunday. Either way, you were great again as you are every Thursday. I'll try one more time with Bill O'Reilly, Judge. See how that goes, okay? <laughs> Andrew, it's a pleasure to be with you. Sid, I love you. All the best. I Thank love you, you too. What a great job he does. Judge Andrew Napolitano, 740 every Thursday right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning.